0: Our first case for argument this morning is Harold Johnson versus Statewide Investigative Services. And I believe we have Mr. Gomberg online. Is that right? Yes, Your Honor. All right. Can you hear me? I can. Great. Then you may proceed anytime you're ready.
1: Thank you, Your Honors. Uh, May it please the court and counsel. I do want to thank the court for allowing me to do this by Zoom. Uh, the lower court as you know determined that mr johnson whether or not he was a supervisor was a material issue of fact uh, if a jury finds that mr johnson was not a supervisor then it can also find that the statewide reason for terminating Mr. Johnson was a pretext for age discrimination. As you know, Mr. Johnson was demoted two years approximately before he was discharged. And when he was discharged and before that, he asked if he could work part time. So Mr. Gomberg,
2: with regard to that point, uh, where in the record is evidence that he requested from um the supervisor that or from his uh immediate supervisor that he be allowed to work part-time
1: uh it was in one of the answers to the interrogatories your honor
2: okay is it anywhere else um other than the answer to the interrogatories
1: uh it may have been mentioned in his deposition it probably was but honestly i don't remember offhand
2: yeah when i looked through his deposition i didn't find any reference to him mentioning that uh the interrogatory responses did you place that before the district court in your opposition to the motion for summary judgment
3: yes your honor mr gomberg to follow up on that i your response to the summary judgment um The specific docket entry is 88. It's Plaintiff's Local Rule 56.1B3, Response to Facts and Statements. Was there ever a request um, made by um, uh, Mr. Johnson to um, have an opportunity to properly support uh, the position, meaning sometimes it used to be called 56F, sometimes now it's called 56D, when facts are unavailable to the non-movement, they can request from the court an opportunity to for, for further discovery. When we see arguments from a uh, appellant that they haven't had an opportunity to sufficiently explore the record, that's one of the things we can look for is whether or not there was a request to do further discovery. Uh, did that take place here?
1: I don't remember a request to do further discovery. Uh, What happened, as you may know, is the other side stopped the deposition in the middle. They were claiming that I was talking to Mr. Johnson when I was just asking my clerk for a cup of coffee. And so they stopped it. The magistrate judge gave them an opportunity three times to restart the deposition. And then they uh, decided uh, they, they never did so. And and that's why we filed the declaration that you're aware of.
0: What does the record tell us about how he was classified for pay purposes? I thought there was some evidence that um, payroll records established that your client was a supervisor throughout the relevant time period.
1: I'm not aware of that, Your Your Honor. Uh, uh, If there is something, it's not something that I uh, remember seeing, uh, and I know that the issue uh, in terms of pay was it was like one dollar uh, difference between what mr uh, Johnson was getting and the new younger people that were hired part time right after him uh, and there was uh, an issue regarding uh he's wearing a shirt, a white shirt, which that was the testimony about that was that they didn't want to spend the money to give him a blue shirt. So they said it was okay to keep a white shirt. Uh, uh, but there is no other evidence that I'm aware of that indicates after the demotion, that he was a supervisor. And in fact, he testified, Mr. Johnson did that he never did anything either before or after the motion that was different than what regular guards did he never actually did supervisory duties and as you know there was some flack about the fact that uh, he had a facebook page that had a name of a chief security officer and they were wondering why that was there and mr johnson uh, testified about that but didn't get to complete his testimony and clarify why that was still on the uh facebook but he uh, said that he didn't even remember that he had that at one point and of course you, you know i mean he was 77 years old not not a youngster who knows how to do computer work but uh, i'm not aware of anything else that supports the issue that he was a supervisor when he was terminated. And the court, the lower court did find that it was a material issue of fact of whether or not he was a supervisor when he was terminated. And it's my opinion that if the jury found that he was not a supervisor, the jury can also then find that the reason for letting him go was a pretext for age discrimination. Uh, And that becomes into real focus when you take into account, in the lower court, he did not even mention that he asked, Mr. Johnson asked to be part-time. And just weeks afterwards, Statewide went out. I mean, the request was was rejected. And just weeks afterwards, uh, uh, Statewide hired a number of part-time security guards years and years and years younger than Mr. Johnson uh, at the same, very same
2: location. Mr. Gomberg, did so, Statewide ever articulate any other reason to Mr. Gomberg, uh, I mean to Mr. Uh, Johnson, as to why they were turning, terminating him other than the fact that they wanted to, they were eliminating the supervisor position?
1: Not that I'm aware of, Your Honor, no. That's what they said, they were eliminating it that's the material issue of fact because he was already he was already demoted he clearly was not a supervisor and that's the disputed material issue of fact that hangs over the case when he was terminated
2: and as i understand it that um state there was no assertion that statewide for example was getting rid of the supervisory position for financial reasons or or anything related to uh, payroll or anything like that?
1: Not that I'm aware of, Your Honor. I know there may have been a change in the relationship. Uh, to be fair, there may have been a change in the the way uh, 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 the, the structure at the school where he was a security guard. Uh, but that had nothing to do with uh, Mr. Johnson, in the sense that they still went ahead and hired people to take over that position, doing the same duties and doing the same uh, location, sitting at the same desk that Mr. Johnson was. And they always said Johnson was doing a good job. It was never a performance issue. In fact, they said there was no performance issue. So, uh... They just got rid of an older worker, is really what it amounts to, a much older worker. I guess I better save my rebuttal time. That's fine. Thank you, thank you, Your Honors.
0: Thank you. Ms. Matthias.
4: May it please the court, good morning and thank you for taking time to hear from us today. Uh, My name is Megan Mathias. I represent statewide investigative services in this this matter. As you know, the judgment was entered in this case on September 19th, 2022. The trial court in the judgment identifies the correct burden shifting framework under McDonnell Douglas. The initial burden is on the plaintiff to identify similarly situated employees who are not members of the protected class and treated more favorably plaintiff does not meet his burden he cannot identify such persons outside the class uh, uh, that were treated more favorably
2: Ms. matisse but we can. we also um under ortiz have to look at the totality of the circumstances right um and to see if uh there's a factual dispute that might necessitate a trial um if i could ask you the same question i asked mr comberg uh did statewide articulate any other reason for terminating Mr. Johnson other than the fact that they were going to eliminate the supervisor position because they did not feel the position was necessary?
4: Uh, no, and in fact, they, they said the position was being eliminated, and I, what I would like to talk about a little bit, if, if I have the time, is, is how in the response that's the document 88, it's not a verified response to the statement of fact, some of those Admissions or should be deemed, in fact, should be deemed admitted because the answer, the response to the statement of fact, does not include a verification, and therefore some of the very critical facts are actually fatal to um, the plaintiff's case. But I guess, and, I guess, what
2: I'm trying to ask, what I'm trying to get at, and perhaps inartfully, is that, for example, statewide never told uh, Mr. Johnson that they were wanted to get rid of all full-time positions because they wanted to go all part-time. Because of financial reasons or that they thought that uh, you know that the work didn't require any anyone to be there full-time and they wanted to hire everyone on a part-time basis they didn't articulate any sort of reason like that is that correct
4: Um, Mr. Baroni did testify in his deposition about how he doesn't why he didn't believe there was a need for the supervisor position at the location mr. Johnson was the only one that worked full-time and had the supervisory role for example, there's some, some discussion about when there's a bomb threat that's in the Statement of Facts that, that the employees were instructed to go to Mr. Johnson. There had been basically so many years with no events that they decided that they didn't need the full-time supervisory position. But it,
2: Right, but it wasn't because of financial need. Is that correct? So, for example, I think Mr. Brown testified that it wasn't because it was financially right. driven. Um, it was just they, they didn't think that they needed the position with uh, – us basically with the supervisor duties at that location right
3: we've also slipped between full time and supervisory and those are technically different concepts correct
4: correct theoretically at statewide uh the supervisors were full-time um but theoretically you could still have a in general in the industry a supervisor that was part-time but at statewide there were two client locations and it's in, it's in the record um where there were supervisors, and one of them was the Campbell client location, which is where Mr. Johnson worked throughout his employment, uh, and they were and it was a full time position.
3: Is it possible for one full time employee working forty hours a week to be replaced by three part time employees um, of a younger age, and that be discriminatory?
4: Uh, yes, I think the issue here is that they didn't. What Mr. Baroni testified to was. It, like in the police department because these are mostly all retired or, or some of them current police officers. Um, once you're a boss or a chief, um, it's hard to go back to being a patrolman because then there's this, this dynamic that's um, difficult. And so Mr. Broney testified about how that would be how that would be perceived by the rest of the staff and probably not welcomed. Um, but yes, theoretically, I guess if, if you're only talking about the security guard duties, of which a supervisor also includes that in their job, um, then you could do that. But a supervisor here has more responsibilities. And again, that wasn't properly denied. If you look at the response that was filed in its document um, 88 in the underlying record, a number of the paragraphs have a denial in the response, but because it's not verified pursuant to local rule of 56.1, those are deemed admitted, and those are critical facts here.
2: Um, Can you point me to the paragraphs that you're talking about? um, Sure,
4: let me go through in detail. It's it's essentially all of them, but because of the way it's written. Uh, the response to paragraph 3, um, plaintiff denies that only supervisors wear white shirts, etc. That fact is not supported with a verification or a declaration, anything like that, and would be deemed admitted. Uh, it's not controverted with specific cites s- to the record, for example. Paragraph 4, similar issue, um, it cites the um, declaration, paragraph 12, but if you look at the declaration in paragraph 12, it doesn't stand for it what it says it stands for in the response brief. Um, Paragraph five, paragraph eight, paragraph 10, 11, 12, 14, 20, 22, 23, uh, all have the same issue, a denial without a controverted fact. What I think is actually fatal to the claim is paragraph 26 of the response brief. While he has um, a paragraph, I mean a page, probably a little more than a page, of citations to other things in the record, the first, sentence of the, of the response is a plain denial, again, but it's not supported by the declaration, it's not supported by sites to the record, and in fact, there's nothing in the declaration relating to the, these particular facts, and I'll just read the fact. The position of supervisor was eliminated, the client location, as of February fourth, 2019, because it was no longer needed. Harold was not terminated because of his age there was still no supervisor at the Campbell client location again his initial denial is just that deny that plaintiff's position was eliminated at the time of his discharge but again that's not properly rebutted under the local rules and therefore should be deemed admitted if that's if that's true then i think all of the it, not all of these were picked up by the trial court some of them were um, including the uh, unrebutted payroll reports that Uh, Your Honor mentioned, and with respect to my opponent, Um, but not all of these admissions were picked up by the trial court, but I think here, given the de novo review, you could look at that and say he's now deemed that to be admitted, and therefore he can't meet his burden under any analysis, including Ortiz.
0: So there are um, documentary um, records in um, the company's payroll system reflecting his status as a supervisor at the time of his termination
4: correct and in our motion for summary judgment we attach an affidavit in which attaches the documents and there's payroll records for mr. Johnson under the payroll records and the uh, trial court judgment picked it up as well she references unrefuted payroll reports uh, in her and it has an s colon super v like supervisor in the payroll reports again, those weren't rebutted in any fashion um, and were part of the record. So
0: he's classified for pay purposes as a supervisor. He's also full-time, um, and he was hired as a supervisor. So Correct. that that never changed throughout his employment.
4: Right. And some of the, um, even in the deposition testimony, well, even though his counsel instructed him not to answer some of the questions relating to this particular issue, which I find interesting that they now say they can't or, or didn't, couldn't, for some reason update their discovery before discovery closed, um, in his questioning, he talks the, the for quite some time about what happened the day he was fired, and it's ironic that he talks about his wife was there, and Mr. Burney spoke to his wife or spouse, um, and, and that these were the questions asked, and I asked him anything else, probably five times in the deposition transcript for this exact reason, because um, there was nothing else said, but his declaration, which was properly pointed out as, as being, um, the sham affidavit rule was properly applied in my opinion, um, now says all of a sudden, after the close of discovery, that that um, up, including up until February 4th, 2019, that Mike Baromi called me an old man. So I, to, to say that all of a sudden, on the day of firing, he was called an old man and not disclose that fact um, until Obviously, we had filed our motion for summary judgment almost 18 months after the close of discovery, I think is the whole reason the sham affidavit rule exists to, to, so people don't just create facts to get past the summary judgment motion. Um, if I would... Right, I,
0: we, we are familiar with the reasons for the sham yeah. affidavit rule, but the district court did not explain, uh, the judge didn't explain in her decision what she was applying the sham affidavit mm-hmm. rule to. Well I believe she just says there's... she's applying the stamp affidavit rule to certain averments which she will disregard in johnson's march 2022 declaration
4: I think those that contradict
0: right. his December 2020 deposition testimony right. so without rummaging around in the record, we're not going to know what was in the district judge's head about what she was disregarding.
4: well, there are two paragraphs in particular uh, paragraph seven point one and paragraph nine that are that contradict what his deposition testimony was. Okay, so
0: we're going to find all this in your briefing in the district court. about what was actually disregarded, what you asked the judge to disregard.
4: Um
0: as I'm trying to figure out what the judge disregarded. Yes. Did she I disregard just some of the state the so-called age statements or did she disregard something about his status as a supervisor did she disregard something about what he was told about why he was being fired what is it that the district Correct. judge excluded under the sham affidavit rule or maybe we should just set that whole issue aside
4: I think the only since she didn't explain two pertinent facts in the declaration that are new and different that are different from his deposition is is paragraph 7.1 which talks about um, um, the at the time of termination him saying oh I asked him if I could go part-time um, because in his deposition, he doesn't say that. After many, many, many of my questions, anything else said during that call. Okay, that's an important fact. Correct, and also paragraph nine of the declaration, where he says Mike Broney called me "old man" several times. Now, from 2017 through the date of firing, which is a new fact, um, and of course that was not stated in the in the def- anywhere in discovery ever.
0: Okay, so his declaration. Placed approximate or identified approximate ageist comment or approximate to the firing. The other problem
4: was that the
0: others were distant from the firing.
4: Correct. This was the first time he'd ever said it happened through and including his termination date.
0: So it introduced two facts, disputed facts, that were not discussed at the deposition that were consequential to the legal issues in the case.
4: Yes, Your Honor. After we raised it, there was no contemporaneous act. That's when it, right. now there's an allegation that there was.
0: So by piecing together what you were challenging under the sham affidavit rule and what the record shows, we'll be able to infer what the district judge had in her mind when she applied the sham affidavit rule?
4: Well I think the most of what's in the declaration is actually not, a lot of it is an argument of why he didn't produce information, so there's really not that many actual facts in the declaration. Okay, I think I'm out of time.
2: Yes. could I follow up on oh. your question, Chief Judge? Um, on page forty-one of his deposition transcript, he does say, and on several after he talks about the September seventeenth occasion at the restaurant, he does say, and on several occasions he referred to me as an old man. How is that inconsistent with his uh, declaration?
4: Because we had asked him when and where and what happened, and he described these two lunches in 2017. Right, and then he
2: says, and on several occasions he referred to me as an old man, but there isn't any follow-up on what those other occasions were.
4: Um, Well, that's, we're only then a couple pages from when, in my opinion, counsel had instructed his client not to answer, answered his phone, asked his assistant for water was talking to the witness when he was testifying told the witness don't guess like was interfering with the questioning so much that I terminated the deposition but we were getting into that line of questioning but again I don't I don't think it's not my duty to disclose the facts I think it's his uh, it's his burden um, and discovery was still open we took I think I will say the wrong number but I want to say seven or eight depositions after this deposition and um, of Lots of people there was no statement that he's ever provided from his wife for example Who was on the call when he was terminated to say that he was called an old man? There's been nothing other than a vague reference and and I did ask him What all the bases were for his belief in the deposition for why he was terminated for an age-based reason? And he didn't give me that and I did ask many follow-ups on that piece. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Thanks for your time.
0: All right, mr gomberg you had a little bit of time left for rebuttal
1: thank you your honor uh, <clears throat> just to uh, address some of what was just discussed uh, again uh, judge coleman uh, said that being the supervisor whether or not mr uh, johnson was a supervisor was a material issue of fact
0: we don't have to and- accept that this is de novo review
1: okay well i'm just saying that she didn't i'm not aware of any reference to uh, the fact that there were pay records that indicated it's in the, uh, that, it's
0: in the decision and it's in the record
1: okay i didn't see it in the decision but okay uh also i just want to reiterate that uh, uh mr johnson didn't get to we didn't get to finish the deposition uh i'm not aware of anything in the court's opinion that specifically uh indicated what statements in the declaration would be uh considered to be stricken and i'm not aware of anything that says that mr johnson in the declaration says that he said that he was uh, asking for a part-time job at the time of termination So that, I believe, is uh, in contrary to what um, the council just said. Uh, And uh, uh, again, this is something uh, that the council didn't bring up. Some of the things that she was talking about, about a verification of statements, uh, quite frankly, I've never heard that before. I don't see it in any briefs, so I'm not even really aware of what council was referring to in that regard. So we hope that uh, this court would uh, give us an opportunity to present this matter to a jury. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much. Our thanks to both counsel all counsel. The case is taken under advisement.